What up, guys? Liat here. I just wanted to tell you guys about a new thing in our shop that is pretty exciting. You guys asked for it, so we did it. Or I should say, you guys manded and we gave you that specific reinforcer. A lot of you guys asked for us to create a mock that you could listen to while you drive, walk around, do jumping jacks, breastfeed, I don't know. We created that for you. So you could go to studynotesaba.com and find our mock. It has 175 questions recorded. It gives you time to answer. And then we give you an explanation about why that is the answer. Of course, we built in reinforcement throughout because, duh, we're the behavior bitches. And this mock is completely us because it's called Bitches Talk A Lot. And then it crosses out a lot and says a mock. So Bitches Talk A Mock, check it out in our shop at studynotesaba.com. Behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 90. Nine zero. Casey, what do you have for us today? <laughs> Funny you should ask because I don't have one, but 90 is so exciting. So let's, I think I can do this. All right, episode. I got it. No, no, no. I think it. I have it. I think I okay. got it. Okay. You can do one too. We, who cares? we can do all the rhymes. Nine, zero. If you wake up in the morning and work out, you're a hero. Ooh, that okay. Good. That's good. <laughs> I was going to say, who's your sports hero? So. Oh, there you go. You guys should just know that we're going to use the word hero if it rhymes with zero. And if it's <laughs> nine, we're going to say fine. So like, I hope that you guys are picking it up by now. So episode nine zero, wake up in the morning and work out, you feel like a hero. I So I've heard from people, <laughs> not myself. Uh, anyways, today, before we get started, we have to go through our review of the day to pair ourselves with some reinforcement and make us pumped to do this. Not that we're not pumped to be here, but it's always nice to get some reinforcement, right? Right. A little slow on that response, latency, Casey. All right. This is coming in from Marie Bredin, titled, Love You Too. I love listening to your podcast. The way you incorporate ABA terms into everyday topics slash situations really helps me with my fluency and to have a better grasp on the concepts. I also love how much you curse, Liat. You're my kind of people. Thank you guys for all the help and laughs. You are very welcome. And thank you for the nice review. We appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely, girl. I've got you. <laughs> oh, wait. I think you just reinforced my behavior. Eek. <laughs> uh, all right. So going into today, I'm very excited. We have a guest that we have been I, – I feel like this is also a guest that we've been talking to for a while to bring on, and it's finally happening. So we're here. I think the topic is very interesting, and I think a lot of people listening are going to be excited about it. Casey. Who do we have today? Okay. We have Wes Lowry. Um, he is um, he's a BCBA. He's also the Sport Behavior Analyst Program Manager for Team ABA, baby. Um, so for his career, um, he has over a decade of experience providing services for children, adolescents, um, and adults with special needs. Um, he his experience is a wide range, but he's done research, animal training, sports, health and fitness, early childhood intervention, as well as OBM um, for different um, agencies. And his recent years have included applied behavior analyst management of dispersed teams in remote areas. I know he's out in sunny San Diego while I'm over here in shit cold New Hampshire. Um, but welcome to the show, Wes. I'm sure you can tell us a lot more about yourself than I did, but we're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. No, this is this, this is exciting. That was a that was a the best intro that I've that I've had. So I, I don't think I could have done it any better than that. So thank you. Oh, good. All right. I, I like pick <laughs> pieces from like different places. I didn't talk about your education, but I know you can when we ask you all that stuff. But um, for sure, so for you, sure. So West does a lot with you know the intersection of sports and ABA, and it's so interesting when we were talking to him all the different behavior principles that came up when we were talking and how he applies it. And I know it's hard for people to get into other lanes with ABA, right? 
And so can you just back us up and kind of talk to us about how you got started in AVA? Yeah, I think so. Getting started from the very beginning. So started off, you know, undergrad and um, just in in a major that I didn't necessarily care about, didn't want to do. Um, and then I stumbled upon behavior analysis and um, realized that, you know, this is a better direction for me. I, I really enjoy, right, looking at different environmental manipulations. At the time, I couldn't explain it that way, right, but looking at different environmental uh, uh, manipulations on why people did what they did. Um, ended up running into one of the graduate advisors at the University of North Texas. Um, as I was graduating, got connected with her, started working at a clinic, fell in love with autism care treatment, um, and then I wanted to know more. And then that's when I got uh, started with an ABA graduate program um, at the University of North Texas. Um, but like I said, it's kind of summed up on me. And um, I didn't have a, I didn't, you know, necessarily know my passion or my, or my purpose prior to, but then after kind of getting involved with an ABA, it was, it was a no brainer. It was, it was easy for me, I guess. I feel like the best a lot of people, they, they, when they, when they find the science, right. And it clicks and they're like, everything makes sense now. All like the world makes sense now. Yeah. Cause you're able to put things into, into patterns, right? Cause that's, I think, I think that's what makes behavior analysts, great behavior analysts is, are you able to recognize the patterns? Are you able to recognize, right? What starts it? And then what's also maintaining it, right? So when we're looking right with a kid with, you know, uh, ASD, right? We're able to then identify those antecedent variables, right? Who, that are either, you know, uh, increasing or decreasing the rate of performance or certain behaviors or whatever the case is. Um, and we just sort of look for those patterns. So patterns fit really well with me. Um, I, I enjoy them. <laughs> and so um, taking that same sort of concept and bringing that into the sports world um, has been a, a huge, huge benefit, I guess, for, for me and sort of exploring, you know, kind of other things that I want to do and passion and stuff like that. And so that's how I kind of transitioned into into sports. I've always been an athlete growing up, but being able to, you know, find those patterns, uh, recreate those patterns, manipulate those patterns um, to change the rate of, you know, behavior. We're looking at a kid with special needs or the um, the rate of performance, right? If we're looking at an athlete, right? Kid make huge differences. All right. I got two important things before we continue with this. Number one, this might not seem important to you guys, but it's important to me. You guys know I love Dr. Phil, and Dr. Phil went to UNT where Wes went, so that's cool to me. I would love if I went to the same place as Dr. Phil, but I went to University of Maryland, which was the same place as Jim Henson, who created the Muppets. Not nearly as cool. Well, I have a good one. I just found out that Martin Luther King's wife went to Antioch, where I went. Not the New Hampshire one, but Antioch. When I was okay, that's not equal. Not the one I went, but like my friend's (laughs) sister's brother's niece went there. No, no, no. it's like Antioch. Like it's like the online. Like I was in the New Hampshire campus. Eh, Okay, I'll give it to you. That's cool. All right. So, anyways, before we keep going, you know, I have to tell you what behavior principles we think we're going to cover today. I think I'm just going to start saying what we think we're going to cover because I know we'll get to more. So, the behavioral principles we have today are. I hate that I can't talk about behavior principles without turning into a robot. It's just like impaired. Here we go. We have measurement systems, data, reinforcement systems, time management, fluency training, precision teaching, choosing a valid measurement, task analysis, component analysis, acceleration, naturalistic teaching, schedules of reinforcement, stimulus and response prompts, behavior skills training, and of course, shaping. All right, there we go. We could get right back into it now. One one fun fact that I do want to mention is: Do your celebrity Phil, uh, uh, Doctor Phil, for UNT uh, moment? Mine is Nora Jones with UNT because she went to UNT as well. No, she didn't. Yes, yeah, she did. So my my go to person who I recognize when we talk about UNT is Nora Jones. I absolutely love her music. So I just want to throw I that love, quick piece in. I could see you loving Nora Jones. Not that I'm trying to general, but you seem very calm. <laughs> I do like Nora Jones. I love a good Nora Jones version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, well, but you better check it out. That's definitely going to get on my uh, playlist for this afternoon on Spotify. So I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Wes. So. You started out working in clinics, right? And you're mm-hmm. still working in the clinic. You're running 
What are you running out in California? Uh, so currently working with Positive Behavior Support. Great. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things mm-hmm. about them from students. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's fun. So we 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 have a lot of good opportunities for for students in regards to um, just mentoring programs, stuff like that. Um, flexibility for the for the clients. Um, the quality of services that we provide are impeccable. Right. And so we and, and then we have just ton of supervision, ton, ton, ton of supervision um, for our like for our current staff, new staff and stuff like that. So a lot of the families are getting great, great services. And and it's, it's fun. Right. Because we have that freedom and flexibility to sort of create and build um, and we're not stick to, and, and, and we're not stuck to. And I hate to use this word, but like cookie cutter ABA, right? I don't think, I'm not saying ABA, that's it's all cookie cutter, right? But there's some folks that you run into, you know, they just, that's 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 where they shine and, and they do good work there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, with, with, where, with where I'm at right now, we have that sort of um, flexibility to create, build, um, and essentially become shapers of, you know, the programs that we're running um, and that we're introducing, which you know, kind of lead, kind of led me in the direction of, and I, and, and I honestly think, you know, looking back that sort of freedom, right. Um, to be able to create and build allowed me to then, you know, really explore outside of the world of autism. And so as I'm looking at the kids that I'm working with, cause that's, that's how it all really started. Honestly, back when, uh, back in grad school, <clears throat> I started noticing a lot of kids we were working with you know, they're at risk for, for uh, obesity. Um, a lot of them only eat chicken nuggets and goldfish. And so um, on top of that, right, sleeping issues, you know, really hyper energetic, tons of energy. And so the idea came up. I was like, well, why don't we start, you know, planning for some physical, you know, physical activity type of programs or, you know, how can we get them to run around more, do more exercising? And um, one of my fellow grad students, Dr. Zach Monfort wrote a paper on gamification. I don't know if you guys um, are familiar with that term or not. Um, he, I forgot where he finished his PhD at, but we went to UNT together. And when he when he put that paper out, I you know had a chance to review it and take a look at it. And the whole idea of gamifying exercise with the kids with you know that that we worked with. Um, Seemed like the best idea, right? Because all kids want to play video games. All kids, you know, need to get out and exercise, stuff like that. How can we combine the two and make the exercise more intriguing and more motivating and more fun? And so, um, like I said, I think coming from the education background that I have, the, you know, supervisors that I've worked with, you know, previous companies that I'm, you know, work with, currently working with now, right? They allow for that type of um, creative thinking and, uh, you know, time to kind of sit and brainstorm and think about things like that and sort of go outside your traditional, um, I guess, box. Yeah. Can you explain to people what gamification is? Because I, I think I know because what we do at Study Notes ABA um, with mm-hmm. studying is making it fun, right? Providing like different, like, you, you know, we're working on a building this university program um, to make like modules fun. And like, you can level up, you can earn badges, you can like all these different, different reinforcers built in to something that may not be intrinsically fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I will say I'm no expert in it, so, but I'm going to try my best. Um, But it's uh, to my, my understanding is, is, is very similar to that. Right. So we set up different schedules of, of reinforcement, um, Based on the based on the athletes or the or the learners' performance, um, and we sort of set this changing criteria design to where they're able to you know level up or earn badges or earn rewards or earn bonuses right throughout their sort of sequence of that program. Now the whole program has to be kind of completely developed and um, you know laid out to where they're able to see which routes they can go in right or which kind of path they can take. Um, but that's essentially it, right? Just making it more fun, right? Adding those um, external, right, reinforcers, those those condition reinforcers, and then you know giving out some freebies, right? So just thinking about playing a video game, right? You have your main track that you can just go through and beat the game, but on each level there's always side missions that you can do to earn either extra points or get your avatar stronger or get you know more. Um, you know, stronger uh, equipment or whatever the case is. So you have that ability to do extra stuff um, while at the same time, right? You're, 
you're playing, you're engaging into the game, or you're exercising, or you're or you're or you're training, or whatever the case is. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty similar to kind of how you describe it, so where they're able to kind of work through the process and earn reinforcers along the way. So what I also think is really interesting, if you actually look at the direction which a lot of exercise and sports are going into. We could look at our Apple Watch, right? Like even getting those circles and then sharing with your friends and they have made it social that you're sharing how far you went on your Apple Watch or Orange Theory, right? People are very competitive. It's like a game that you need to be at the top or and get into a certain color range or Peloton. I mean, how does every, everyone loves a good Peloton ride? They've paired it, right? And you're playing this competition to get somewhere in the class. And I like to think of it, you know, gamify. You literally are gamifying something, which often at Study Notes ABA, we use the word snapify. Like, don't worry, just we got the content. That's fine. We're going to snapify it. We're going to make it snapiful. We've made a lot of different <laughs> words with it. But it, it's the same idea that like, and it's really cool because it just shows that the entire world is, and not the entire world, but people are getting on the bandwagon of like, hey, Doing everyday things or healthy behaviors or other behaviors don't have to suck. Like we could make it reinforcing in its own. Yeah, and that's our kind of that's kind of our main purpose, right? Kind of our our, our main our, our 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 main mission is to sort of change the the narrative of training and exercising and 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 and, and working out. Right. So we have our, you know, we have our athletic department where we're training, you know, athletes, youth, youth athletes. We have some a couple of college athletes as well. Um, but, you know, it, any athlete can tell you we have our days where we just don't feel like it. Right. Or it's, it's, it's too early in the morning or we've had a, or, you know, or or we've had a bad day and then we got to go to practice. Right. And we're not performing well. Um, and so, you know, our job not only to, you know, um, increase athletic ability and performance within that athlete, right? Um, we want to make sure that they're able to stay motivated to want to train as hard as they can every practice, but then at the same time, right, perform as hard as they can every game time situation, right? Same thing applies with our nutrition program, right? We want to make sure that our clients are excited about meal prepping, right? And they're not just putting together dishes that taste bland and they taste terrible, right? No one likes that, right? And we all hear about it all the time. It's different, tons of different programs where it's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to stop eating bread. You can keep eating bread, you know, with our diet type of thing. Um, and, you know, we want to kind of do similar things, right? But looking at, right, from the perspective of a behavior analyst and using those different environmental manipulations to where they're more sustainable, right? We can, um, you know, collect the data to actually then view is progress actually being made, right? Because if we're, you know, going to a gym, personal trainer, right? Again, nothing wrong with that. We work with gyms, we work with personal trainers, not knocking any anything that they're doing because they are effective, right? But there's some individuals that it just doesn't work for them that way, right? Going to the gym, always stepping on the scale, right? Having to do their BMI checks and stuff like that to see, you know, is there actually progress being made or do I need to wait for the summertime and put on my bathing suit to, for me to then know, is this working, right? We're charting and, you know, graphing and reviewing the, the data with our, um, with our clients as often as possible, right? Whether weekly basis or, or bi-weekly basis so that they're able to not only see their progress, but then see that they're making the progress and stay motivated not only by that type of feedback, but then the other antecedent or environmental arrangements that we're making. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's great. So at Team ABA, Wes, wh who are you guys working with? Who is your clientele? Uh, where are you guys doing this? And what exactly is it that you guys do? Gotcha. So I'm going to start with that one first because I think that'll that's help. Loaded. I, that's loaded. That's <laughs> loaded. That's like at least 13 questions. But Casey usually cuts me off, so I got to get it in when I can. <laughs> no worries. So um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to start with the last one and sort of start working my way backwards. because I think that'll help kind of tell the story much better. Um, so what is it that we do? Um, what we do is we collaborate with content experts, right? Because as behavior analysts, Right. We're trained to change behavior, right, to modify behavior, look at the different environmental arrangements, blah, 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 blah. Right. 
Well, we collaborate with content experts, whether they are official coaches or they play professional uh, within a sport or they're certified nutritionists or they're certified strength and um, agility coaches or certified personal trainers. Right? We all have one of those on our staff right now. And so we would collaborate with them to then develop our our skills assessments, right? When we, when we, when, when we uh, get an athlete and then we'll create our FBA assessments, right? So more of our behavioral assessments, stuff like that. So we'll bring our clients through our assessments, through our behavior assessments, we're running through our skills assessments. Um, and then from there, we will then create our full-on training um, behavior plans. And they're and they're in and and one of the things that that we want to stay true to in our mission is to, um, you know, really do good behavior analysis work, right? So we're writing out full, you know, FBA reports, right, um, with graphs, baseline data, right, um, strengths, weaknesses, pinpoints, right, long-term goals, short-term goals, right. We're getting, we're staying as true as possible. Right to our you know traditional sort of ABA approach to intervening with athletes or uh, individuals. From there, we would then create training itineraries, which are very similar to you know what we call uh, program protocols, where we have our rationale, we have our step by step procedures, right? We have our prompting strategies, um, and then um, right the data sheet. And then uh, schedule reinforcement if we need or whatever the case is. Um, and then we, you know, take our athlete through that. We do our training, we graph, right, evaluate um, progress, so on and so forth. Um, so that's that's what we do, right? Who we work with, we work from a range. Can I add from- one thing to that just for anyone studying? I sure. like what you said there. But just in case someone's studying, um, you guys know when we talk about writing a task analysis, about three ways that we can – write a good task analysis. One of them is performing it ourselves, right? Performing a skill ourselves, if we can. If I'm a pro bowler myself and I know how to do it, I could do that. Or you can observe someone else doing it or observe an expert. I'm assuming that you guys are athletic, but doesn't mean you're necessarily an expert in every single sport. So that's who these content individuals are. Is that right? That is very true. And we talk about that in our webinar series in regards to how we create our task analyses, right? Now, those three key points is one slide that we have, um, right? Because we want to make sure that, right, whatever we're introducing is going to be proper form, right? Whether it's, you know, getting stronger, um, would do in your squats or deadlifts, right? Because I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I train, I work out, Right. But when it comes down to, okay, where should your your feet be? How should you pull? Right. Where your shoulders need to be? All this other stuff. Right. I need to consult with a personal trainer. Right. The same way that um, if you're working within a, a, you know, autism clinic, the same way that we need to consult with a speech language pathologist on how to teach articulation. Right. Or with the physical therapist. Or, or an occupational therapist, right, for fine motor skills or gross motor skills, right? So, you know, when we're in a clinic setting, right, we're able to, um, you know, create these training or training, sorry, I keep, I keep getting them mixed up, but we're able to, to create these program protocols, right, to increase the vocal articulation, right, based on the recommendations from the speech language pathologist. We do the same thing, right? So we're trying to increase strength for a squat. We're going to collaborate with a personal trainer or a strength coach to then say, okay, what is the proper form? How should we look at the task analysis or how should we look at this uh, performance for us then to create the task analysis? And so we would write the task analysis, right, based on the content expert, and then we'll have them model it as well. Um, and then sometimes we'll try it ourselves to see, you know, how, like, how does this feel? Does it, does it feel okay, right? I'm, you know, I may be a little bit taller than my athlete, um, but, you know, maybe I need to bend my knees or whatever the case is, but if it, but if it feels fine, it feels fine. And then as a behavior analyst, right, we will then create our task analyses, add in the appropriate measures, right? That's one thing that you mentioned earlier, right? Which is going to be the most most effective way to uh, measure this uh, behavior. Um, and then we go ahead and implement it and take it from there. So, yeah. I think that's the importance of clear also um, and complete and concise operational definitions of those target behaviors. Yeah, and it's 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 very important. Just as just just as important as it is to working with the kid who engages in severe SIB, right? Whether it's head banging, um, you know, uh, you know, who, eye gouging, you know, scratching. whatever, I can give you, you know, a few if you need. 
Yeah, just 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 as important it is to write clear operational definitions, right? Clear task analyses, right? To keep them safe, we still have to do the same thing with our athletes, right? Because they're under the bar lifting hundreds of pounds, right? Depending on you know who who they are, or they're you know running, they you know they're trying to be as mobile as possible, and so we have to make sure that you know we're not training for injuries or we're putting them in a situation where they're going to get hurt, right? And you see a lot of that silly stuff on Instagram where you see people doing weird, weird training stuff sometimes. Um, and it looks, I mean, they're, you know, trying to balance standing on balls and dribble and catch and, you know, whatever. It's just like, you know, we, 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 we try to make sure that we're, you know, very careful and very safe and we collaborate with those, with those experts to, to ensure that what we're doing is effective, but also safe. Do you find it hard to get um, buy-in from like teams or coaches or anyone with like using ABA? Uh, that's a great question. So from the coach's standpoint, yes. From the athlete standpoint, mm-mm. athletes absolutely love this, right? Because from their perspective, right, they're getting more opportunity to, to practice. They're getting visual feedback, right? What athlete doesn't want their stats and doesn't want to promote their stats and doesn't want to um, you know, uh, 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 brag about their highlight tapes because we film every session. So they not only do they want their their data, but they also want their film so they can cut up themselves and you know, you know, whatever market themselves. Um, and then, like I said, right, they're able to see that visual feedback and they're able to kind of get a different sort of perspective of 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 how to train. A lot of our training is cut down um, tremendously in in time. Right, there was a a, a paper that was done. I forgot what year it was, but it but it but it looked at team practice and the efficacy of uh, skill improvement, and it was it was just your typical you know fifteen to sixteen uh, size uh, player team, and what they found was fifteen minutes maybe thirteen to fifteen minutes of every hour, um, the athlete actually got a chance to work on their skill right actually improved on on skill right the rest of the forty five minutes was waiting in line, taking breaks, right? Transitioning, goofing off, all sort of stuff, right? So what so so what we're able to do is cut all that time down. And if we do only have 15 minutes, right, we're running them through that fluency building type of training to where you're gonna get um to mastery a lot quicker than you know, sitting in line or waiting or, you know, goofing off, right? Because like I said, right, you get, you wait in line, you get your one turn to go and then you're back at the end of the line again. Very little feedback, if any, right? You don't get a chance to practice it again. If you made a mistake, you don't get, you know, that opportunity to really, you know, evaluate your performance. Um, But the type of training that we do, right, we allow our athletes to, you know, uh, practice the skill, get the feedback, practice the skill again, get the feedback, right? And then look at their data. Now, from the coach's perspective, and, uh, and, this, and I don't think it's anything sort of wrong because I, I think you have to kind of have this mindset if you want to be a coach is you have to have enough confidence in yourself to to say, hey, what I'm doing is right. This is, what, this is what's going to make my team win opposed to beating other teams, right? So coming in with that mindset, we're already fighting up against um, the idea, we're not fighting up against, we're already kind of going up against the idea that, hey, what you're doing might not be the best, right? It's not wrong. It just might not be the best, right? And so um, we sometimes get a little pushback from uh, uh, the coaches, right? Because we'll say, hey, you know, we can come in, we can, you know, we can, we can help or we can, you know, propose a different sort of approach to training. Um, and they're like, well, you know, everything that we're doing is is okay. Like, we're winning. We're fine. You know, I, I, I got this. I've been coaching for years. I, I know what I'm doing. And we're just like, yeah, that's great. You know, we're not we're not taking away from you. We're, we're not here to take your job or nothing like that. We're just here to kind of help um, track performance, help your athletes see their performance, but then help the coaching staff as a whole see, okay, um, is what we're doing – um, the most beneficial and can we do something different to help maximize performance? Um, after we kind of break it down to them that way and we kind of show them, let them know like, hey, we're just here to help opposed to here to change um, or, you know, make you, you know, do something that you don't want to do. Um, then they then they slowly start to, you know, relax and buy into it. Um, but I think it's I, I think it's just that sort of coaching dynamic uh, not dynamic coaching sort of um, perspective or mindset that, you know, 
you have to be confident in your decisions because you're running the team. Like you're in charge of, you know, 14 or 15 other people. So whatever you're doing, you have to believe that that's the best thing. And I, and, and, and I have absolutely no problem with that. You know what I mean? I feel like that's very relatable to also going into like classrooms as a BCBA, like pairing oh, with yeah. the teacher, um, letting them know that you're there to help, that you don't have the experience they have teaching, you know, honor their experience. Um, and, you know, just that you're there to, again, like you said, not take over, or take their job or say that they're not doing a good job because they've got their work cut out for them. And um, but just try to get the buy in. It's so important. Yeah, that's the best analogy. I I never thought about it that way, but yeah, that's that is that is spot on, right? Going into a classroom because first of all, teachers only want you in there anyways because nope. they feel like they're being watched and they're or they're being reported on, right? To their to their higher ups, so they're getting all you know fidgeting and stuff like that. But yeah, it's that's that's that is that that is the the best comparison, right? Going into a classroom and just trying to provide support for our student, right, or our athlete. Um, within that setting without having to step on their toes. It's a fine mm-hmm. line. So it's a, it takes, it's a skill for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Who's hiring you? Who's hiring you? So we've, we've worked with my um, high school out in St. Louis. We work, uh, but our, 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 our primary um, clientele are just, just private families, just private paying families. Um, so, you know, just as we are creating training camps and people come out and they check out our um, our site and different uh, free sort of sessions that we run, um, they just come and sign up and stuff like that. We're actually in the process um, just with our nutrition and our wellness program with trying to become a um, a uh, provider for one of um, one of the insurances out there to for 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 individuals who um, are, uh, pre-diagnosed with diabetes or any other type of heart or, you know, any condition that, um, their doctor's going to recommend that they need to start exercising more. Um, we're actually, uh, in the middle of getting that approved right now out in Arizona. So that's going to help expand, but that sort of clientele base for the individuals who medically needed, right. There's a lot of folks who, you know, who, who want to go out and train and just want to, you know, just, 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 just look better for social media, but there's a huge population of individuals, um, that just, unfortunately that are just, you know, bad on their luck, right. Given certain life situations or, you know, circumstances, whatever the case is, right. They, they just ran into, there's in a situation where they just, you know, they medically need to exercise. And so that's, that's, a, that's another population that we're getting ready to to tap into, but it's, but it's primarily, um, just private clients for our athletic, uh, sports performance. Um, and then for our webinar series and our professional development training stuff that we do, um, it is, uh, primarily, um, uh, schools. So like universities and then, um, ABA agencies who want to get their staff, either CEUs, right. Because just with COVID, you know, with everything, you know, with no conferences being available and stuff like that. Um, we do CEU workshops for um, ABA companies to, you know, like I said, get them to get the CEUs for their for their BCBAs, but then also allow their um, RBTs or therapists to kind of get a different perspective of what ABA uh, can do um, with athletes, stuff like that. All right. I just want to know um, a couple things. But so Beverly and Kirk Kirby are the founders of Team ABA, correct? Yes. And so how did you meet them and like, what is, what's their story? How did you get in to become a part of Team ABA? Um, so we met, we all met, I met Kirk, I met Kirk first. I don't think, I, I think, I think I may have met Beverly that same weekend, but I met Kirk at the ABAI in San Diego uh, a few years back. And um, one of my uh, colleagues, uh, Dr. Natalie Parks, I was kind of, I was, I was just more connected with her. I worked with her throughout the last couple of years. And, um, she, she came to me and said, Hey, I met this guy at this, at this, at this sports talk. He wants to do sports. I know you want to do sports. Like let's meet. And it was just your typical, um, you know, ABA sort of conversation after all the presentations, you know, meet up at the hotel lobby, you figure out what you want to do from there. You just sit down and converse and, you know, a lot of different ideas, you know, get thrown out about, you know, what you want to do and and how you want to change the world and how you want to take, you know, ABA to the next level. Um, but the cool thing about those individuals is, you know, they 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 really put their foot to the pavement. Right. Because a lot of people, a lot of people that you talk about, well, a lot of people that, that you talk to, 
right? They have all these grand ideas, but then as soon as you get back home from from the conference, you know, everyone just gets back to their everyday, you know, work, you know, head down, let's get back to, you know, whatever we're, we're doing. Um, but with them, you know, we, we were able to turn this, this dream into actual reality. And so that's, 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 that's how it all kind of came together. And it, it started off with, you know, just, just building and, and just, you know, creating, it's really taking a step back and thinking about it, right? How, how would this look, right? Because each of us all have had experience working in a, you know, ABA clinic, excuse me, where, you know, Kirk and Beverly, they used to own their own ABA agency for, I think, eight years and they uh, sold that. And then we brought on uh, 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 Dr. Rick Cabina um, to help with doing some research projects. We went out to uh, Las Vegas, I think, I guess two years ago now. It was way before COVID. We went out to Las Vegas in the summertime for the uh, for the NBA um, Summer League stuff. And so we were able to work with a certain group of athletes out there and uh, collect data on their, you know, game time performance. And then we did a, uh, a free throw shooting study um, after everything was kind of wrapped up with them. And so, um, you know, everything ever since every ever since we met in San Diego, you know, we've, we've, we've been able to just kind of just grow it and just kind of flourish and, and just keep building and, and, and expanding. So that's how it all kind of came together. That's awesome. You guys have a great, great team. I'm checking, I was checking out the website earlier. So. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. I have a question. If does team ABA also like, if say I just me wanted to hire, you know, to improve my exercise routine or my fitness or my, um, what do you call it? Nutrition. Like, is there services for mm-hmm. just individuals? Yes. So we do both, um, individual uh, but also group, right? If you want to be part of a community type of setting. Um, but yeah, if you're just looking for, right, depending on what your goals are, right? If you want to do athletic performance, nutrition, um, uh, personal training. Um, and we also have um, um, a program called PACT, but it's essentially just um, acceptance and commitment therapy with with athletes. Um, we've, we've used that to help athletes recover from, from, from injuries, right? Because that you know, you, you get hurt. That's, 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 that's a huge hit on your sort of confidence and your, you know, uh, ability to feel comfortable moving and sort of, you know, using where, right. If you injure your knee, right. You might be hesitant to, you know, run to that side, right. When, when actually you need to do that, that play, right. To get either, you know, to get, to get yards or to, you know, whatever, execute the, the play. But, as a, as, as a private individual, yeah, if you're looking to just kind of meet whatever goals you want, um, you can just reach out to us. We'll get you set up with our um, with our expert within that area, right? So if it's nutrition, we'll get you set up with a certified nutritionist. Um, and then um, luckily for us, both of our nutritionists are both BCBAs. So can we you know, give a we'll shout be- out to Shantae Gold? Is she one of them? Yes. Yes. Yeah, she, yeah. So she was on the show a while ago, um, <laughs> talking about macros and things I had no idea about. I learned so much from her, and when I saw that she was part of Team ABA, the for actually the first time I ever saw US was back when I think you guys must have. She had just come on. She had just started her like Team ABA per, like uh, her own account on Instagram, and you guys did a live. And I was like, oh wow! I'm like, they're doing such cool stuff over there. So that's when I first knew who you were. Oh, well, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, she's she's fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we have her and then our other nutritionist is uh, Lauren Klein. She's actually um, she's a she's an actual uh, soccer coach as well. And um, she um, so she's a certified soccer coach, certified nutritionist as well. And so, um, yeah, so if, if you were to say, hey, you know, I, I just want to I just want to I just want to start eating better. Right. I'm not I'm not I don't really want to, you know, lose weight. I don't want to build muscle. I don't want to get stronger. I just I just want to start eating better so I can feel better. Right. We, we will pair you up with one of those individuals, run you through the behavior assessment um, and then we'll and then for nutrition specifically. Right. We'll get you started with the food diary. Right. That's that's the sort of skills assessment that we would do with um, with that type of uh, client. Um, and then just kind of program and run from there. So the same way that we would do athletic performance, right? Our acceptance and commitment therapy, nutrition, so on and so forth. Um, we'll, we have that for both private and then uh, for group sessions. Um, like I say, if you want to be more, you know, just more within the community setting, um, you know, hanging out, stuff like that. Um, we do uh, group events as well. 
so you can sign up for 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 either one. Uh, but the private one is going to be more um, more intrusive, I guess, or more intense, right? Because we we were able to you know be more one on one with you, more more personal with you. So it's going to be right um, more accountable, maybe. Yeah, more out of that. Um, but then just with the group is, you know, you, you're you still getting the same amount of training. Um, it just won't be as individualized. Um, but you have the option to do both or to just do one or the other. That is awesome. Um, I think you guys are doing awesome stuff in taking, you know, ABA into sports and fitness and health and wellness and nutrition and just all of that. Um I do have one last question, though, is what is the most important thing that you've learned from working with ABA in sports? Don't worry, I'm not putting you on the spot at all. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No. So I think the most important thing is, is that I learned is that when transitioning from autism care treatment into training athletics, right, or nutrition or health and wellness is... We still use the same principles and strategies, right? Reinforcement is always going to be the same, right? Extinction is always going to be the same. But there are small differences, right, that needs to occur when you're, you know, programming for a, you know, kid with ASD versus an athlete, right? And I don't mean it in regards to intelligence level, skill level. I don't mean any, anything like that. I don't want it to be miscued and taken in, in, into the wrong direction. What I mean by that is um, when you're working with an athlete, right, you're training with the undertone of the competitive edge, right, versus, you know, a, you know, uh, a kid with, you know, ASD who just needs to work on communicating, right? I just, you, you just need to say, I want right milk ball toy whatever the case is right and it's and it's one of those things where it's like either you did it or or you didn't right um and if you were successful at it you got access to reinforcement right and then that continues to grow and yada yada and build and all of a sudden you know now they're you know hold full-on conversations writing books and all this other great stuff right but from an athletic perspective right you have that underlying competitive edge that you have to make sure that you're training for so not only does the athlete know needs to know how to do it, but you need to know how to do it better than your opponent. Not only do you need to know how to do it better than your opponent, right? Depending on what level you're playing at, you need to know how to do it better than your teammates at some points, right? Because not only are you competing to win, but you're competing to try to get a scholarship, right? To maybe go to college. And not only if you're trying to go to, not only from college, you're trying to get us, you're trying to, to compete to either play professionally, right? Whether it's overseas or, you know, locally in the States here. So programming with that competitive edge, right, to make sure that we're catching all the small nuances, right, within task analyses, right, making sure that whatever um, skill that we're training, right, is the topography of that skill, is that going to be the most effective way, right? So, you know, we can say, I want milk or more milk, please, right? They're both going to get us milk, right? But if I'm shooting a free throw, you know, regular versus granny style, it's huge <laughs> difference, right? Yeah. I can make both of them, right? It's still going to give me the reinforcer, but which one is going to get me recruited, yeah. right? Definitely not the granny style free throw. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yeah. so making sure that we account for, right? Make sure that we account for those small nuances. We're finding the best, right? Task analyses. And then we're able to train, um, up to fluency, right? Using their tax analyses to where, like I said, they're not only better than their opponent, but they're also able to showcase their skills um, to where they're able to, um, some, like I said, sometimes be better than their own teammates and compete for scholarships, stuff like that. Um, at the same time, right? Break those bad habits that you may have learned as a kid or you developed just on your own by playing, you know, unorganized or, you know, just kind of just free play, Um you know, sort of breaking those bad habits within the training um, that we um, provide um, is kind of the direction that we're going in. So do you do you um, do a lot of like shaping procedures with these individuals? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's my favorite up. part of it. Oh, yeah. So shaping is my jam. I love <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, yeah, a lot of it. That's that's what a lot of it is. It's just it's just taking the athlete, looking at the context and the you know sort of environmental arrangement, right? Looking at the at the limitations and the restrictions of the environment, right? That's one thing that's that's different um, 
right? Not to say that they don't have limitations, right? But there's there's certain spots on the field or on the court you just can't go, right? There's certain places where you you can't stand there for too long, like you have to, you know, whatever the case is. And so, you know, being able to take all those variables, put them onto a plate, and say, okay, what am I going to cook up today? Um, and that's 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 where I, I that's that's where I find the most passion in sort of training athletes and you know going into health and fitness and nutrition is how can we shape up the the most I guess consistent and accurate performance um, to where you know they're moving through those different criteria to where they're to continue to stay motivated right continue to have the drive but they're also making that progress. And they're, you know, continuously, you know, training at a high level and it's in, in the in the difficulty level is still there. So it's not, you know, we're just making them do easy stuff. We're still able to, you know, have that motivation, teach when we need to um, and just kind of see that progress unfold. That is awesome. I was going to say, like, it's so successive approximations. If anyone's out there studying, shaping, <laughs> you're shaping those successive approximations, the behavior you want to see to get to that terminal behavior, right? That end goal, that maybe that, you know, perfect free throw shot or perfect um, deadlift um, mm-hmm. and looking at all the little behaviors that you have to shift and shape to to get there. So that is so yeah. cool. And also, you know, just, just, uh, just within this, within the same you know idea of shaping, right? We also shape up our supervisees, right? So we have a supervision program that we provide for for master level students or for bachelor level students, right? Seeking so a BCBA or BCABA, um, and we take them through that sort of developmental, it's not developmental, sorry, the professional development um, sort of uh, process of you know what does it mean to go from a student to actual professional, right? So we allow them the opportunity to. Right, jump on some of these projects that we're working on to help create our CEU events. Right, we have to do our lit reviews. We have to, you know, make sure that our presentations are, are solid. Make sure that that the content is solid. Right, and we're shaping the, not only are we shaping up our athletes, but we're shaping up our, our staff and our and our supervisees and our in our uh, mentees as well. Um, to where, like I said, they have the opportunity to grow professionally that way. And if they want to to present what they you know worked on. You know, they're more than welcome to um, or, you know, they can just, you know, still just, you know, kind of hang out and, you know, keep developing and sort of learning how that works. Right. Because as a behavior analyst, but that's all we do is teach and disseminate and present. Right. And there's always new things to talk about and there's always going to be new things to talk about. So for our students that are coming up now. Right. I feel like it's our responsibility to make sure that they're able to sort of keep that baton going and they're able to present well. They 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 know how to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they know how to portray the information to where it's not only is understandable for behavior analysts, but for folks who aren't too familiar with the field and don't know the terms. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's that's one aspect that we that we take very seriously at, at, at Team ABA is, is, is shaping up not only our athletes, but our supervisees and our uh and our uh, mentor students as well. That is so important is the um, dissemination, right? And that is what our goal too, is to just disseminate the science, keep you know professionally developing, um, learning. The learning never stops. And we learn so much um, from our students and from all of our guests on the podcast. So Wes, where can people find you guys? Yeah, so you can find us um, all of the social media platforms at Team ABA LLC, um, Instagram, Facebook, um, anything you, you you name it, Twitter, um, and then our website is uh, teamabalc.com. That's where you can find out all of our services are, um, get to know our team better. Um, like I said, we have nutrition, athletics, we have we do OBM as well. Uh, health and wellness. Um, and then t- in a couple of weeks, we're getting ready to launch our team ABA wellness website. And that's going to be more focused for the overall health and overall health and wellness, right? So we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about sleep, right? We're talking about uh, the macros, right? Um, self-care, all that stuff. So we're, we're, we're ready to launch that here, uh, I think in a week or so, actually. Um, so that would be that, that would be on our website as well. That means it will be out when well. this comes out, guys. <laughs> yeah, we are so, yeah. way on our game. 
<laughs> so yeah, so you could just sit, find us all, all, on those locations. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, and then uh, teamabauniversity.com. That's where you will be able to find our webinar series um, and therefore see you use as well. So you're not just, you know, uh, hanging out and watching us talk to you, you know, you can actually get some credit for it as well. Um, so we're lots so we have our first series that launched last year. Um, it's intro to sports performance, uh, elite training. Um, we have another one getting ready to, to launch here. I think next week that's going to be on the website. And then we're, um, getting ready to start doing like monthly to see you stuff as well for folks who just want to hear more about it. We will put all of that in the show notes. So if anyone's like, oh, ah, awesome. where is all that stuff? Find it in the show notes. So Wes, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your story and what, you know, awesome work that you all are doing over there. So just thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate it. This was, this was a blast. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to, to chat with me and kind of listen to our story. So I, thank you guys. It was just, this, this was fantastic. You rock. I love hearing people paving the way and doing different things in behavior analysis. So keep it up. Don't stop. And I'm sure someone else hearing this, again, we get this a lot of what else can I do with ABA? And let me tell you, everything's behavior. So you could do anything with ABA. You guys know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast, our website, behaviorbitches.com, or you could support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Behavior Bitches Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started he records our shows he posts them he adds awesome awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing he sends us teaser episodes he does it all we just sit here and friggin talk we shoot the shit and you can record from home your office the park a bathroom stall at work it doesn't matter he provides the complete podcast studio all you need is a microphone and you're good Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 